Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. As you're taking your seat, look at your neighbor and say, I'm here. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm ready. I'm here. And I'm ready. Who's ready to hear something from God today? Anybody? Yes. We're here and we're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear from God. It's Freedom Church. I'm ready to break free from some chains today. I'm ready to take some next steps forward today. And I'm glad to do that together with each and every one of you guys today. It's something about just coming together celebrating Jesus together to say, I'm not in this fight alone. And we are in part two of a series called Hold That Thought. And we're, we're journeying through the life of David and looking at some of the obstacles that he faced in his life and the mind games that he faced in his life and say, hey, he's not alone. Some of these things Uh, relate to me. And so we looked at in week one, David versus Goliath, and everybody was afraid, and we only made it through halfway through that fight. And and it was, we, we talked last week about approaching fear, and here's where we left off Last week, where we're going to pick it up this week, is in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40, and it says that he, David, took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and then he, he, he put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag with the sling in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. He was approaching fear. And we saw there was uh, fear was Satan's tool to deter us from God's best. You're going to have fear in your life, and Satan says, no, 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 you don't want to go there. But we saw, oh, hold that thought. Fear is actually advertisement for God's best in my life. So while everyone was scared and running away, David was approaching his destiny, approaching his calling, approaching his fear. Now, when I talk about fear, we're going to pick up this theme throughout today. When I talk about fear, I'm not talking about these kind of just natural fears that we have in our lives. I don't know if there's anybody that's with me, but you know, you're, you're afraid at night when you're sleeping in the bed and you got that one foot that's sticking out the side of the, the bed and you're like, uh-uh, get that thing tucked underneath the covers because you don't know who is underneath the bed. Is anybody with me? You're just going to leave me hanging, okay? All right. Or if you're, you're downstairs, it's dark at night, and you turn off all the lights to the basement or the downstairs, and, and okay, first step, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Second step, we're playing it cool, but then you know like the unwritten rule. Third step, and it's, we are shooting. Is anybody with me? I'm, I'm 38 years old. I'm still booking it up the stairs because you don't know who's down there, Right. Right. All right, or it's Halloween week. Um, we went, our family, we went to a, a, a family party, and the party that we went to, the dinner that we went to, they, they go all, like Clark Griswold for, for Halloween here. And so it was a really cool setup. 
Well, uh, we're leaving that evening, and me being the, the, the awesome dad that I am, Rita's kind of talking with some of the people at the party still, so I take the boys, and I say, hey, hey, let's scoot on up a little ways, and they have this little area set up with a blue light and some trees, and um, let's scare mommy. Um, now, they're four and seven, and I'm thinking it's going to be a dead giveaway. They're going to be too loud. They're not going to do anything. Only thing was, they pulled it off to perfection, and dad, for your sake... I got it on video. So let's check this out. Let's check out this little clip. Here she is. She's coming up. I know. I'm just by this tree. <laughs> you got her. Now, that is awesome, except for the paybacks coming my way, all right? So uh, when I talk about fear, I'm not talking about these, these fears that we have and different things like that. There's very specifically, I believe God has a calling and a purpose and a plan for your life. He has a plan for your day today. And there's those things, your calling, your destiny, those, those type of things, very real fears but that's the type of spirit of fear that isn't coming from God that we need to lean in towards and go towards. In fact, it says in uh, the book of 2 Timothy, uh, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but he's given us of power, love, and self-discipline. So we want to lean into this calling that God has in your life. And yes, it is scary, but that's where the good stuff at. So David is approaching Goliath, and, and last week was approaching fear. Today, we are fighting fear, because we have to do some battle in this if we're going to win. It says, Goliath walked towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at the ruddy-faced boy. He says, am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? Now, listen. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I preached a sermon, what's in your hand? And so often what's in our hand doesn't look like much. And, and sometimes what's in our hand doesn't look like much, so we'll never even offer it up to God. And, and people might even criticize what you might be bringing to the table. But what's in your hand when you place it into the hand of God? He can multiply. He can work miracles. So it doesn't matter, Goliath, if my stick doesn't look like much and you want to taunt it. Some things are about to go down. You need to know whatever's in your hand may not look like much, but in God's hands, he can do great things. And so he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled at him. Now, we got, if this were you, if this were me, okay, I'll just put me. I'm gone. Like, I'm bolting here, and there's a stain in my shorts and a wet spot on the ground. Like, okay, I came into this. David's a teenager. He started this day delivering food to his brothers. David's the UPS delivery boy delivering your Amazon Prime packages to your doorstep. Not the ferocious warrior, but that's how he's going to walk out of this day. I'm the, uh, God, I, uh, Jesus, I love you, man. <laughs> I, I love you, Jesus. Not that I don't love you, but this isn't what I was planning to do today. Jesus, I love you, but I mean, come on. Giving, the serving, like speaking up, like living this whole thing out for you. I love you, Jesus, but really? I'd be, okay, 
And it, I know there's a nice reward on the other end of this. You know, hey, if we defeat the giant, whoever does that, no taxes for life. That's good. I like that. Whoever defeats this giant gets to marry the king's daughter. But even at that, like, okay, she's hot, but not, not that hot. Like, I'm going to back out of this thing. Not David. And not today, freedom. There's fears in your life where you're like, ah, I don't know. Not today. This is why I'm here and I'm ready. This is what makes you scary to the enemy. Because if there's something that you're facing that is scary, then I know there's something scary good on the other side and I'm going to lean into this. This is why the devil's been after you. This is why he's been attacking your brain. This is why some of the circumstances aren't going your way and you're wanting to run. He's wanting, if there's something that's going to take the heart out of a fight of a champion, it's going to be fear and discouragement. And he's going to place that on you and heap that on you, hoping that you will not approach anymore. But not today. And not David. Now, i got a very important question I want to ask you. Who is the greatest rapper of all time. I don't, I, I, I know you're like, man, I was coming to church today. I thought we were going to study some very deep theological questions. This, this is a deep one. We could debate about this all day long. Who's the greatest rapper of all time? Some of you guys, well, it's Jay-Z. It's, it's not Jay-Z. Some of you guys, children of the, the 90s, you're thinking, oh, it's Biggie or, or Pac um, or Eminem. It's not Biggie or Pac or Eminem. Some of you guys may be saying it's Drake or Kendrick or Kanye, although it's not either of them, although Kanye, Jesus is king. I don't know if you guys saw that release or heard that release. It's pretty phenomenal. I would say go check it out. You're like, what is going on? The greatest rapper of all time? None of those guys. It's David. David, we've been, he's been topping the charts for the past 3,000 years. Like, we are still singing his songs. We're still memorizing them. We're still saying them. His, his beats, his lyrics line up half the book of Psalms in the Bible, and we're still singing them today. And right here, David starts spitting out the original diss track. Like, Goliath starts spitting all this junk, and David's like, uh-uh, I ain't having it. And watch how he responds to Goliath. He starts laying this all out. He says, he says, um, he says to the Philistine, you come against me with sword. Now hold that one in your back pocket. We're going to come back to that piece in a little while. You come at me with sword. You come at me with spear and javelin, but I come at you against the name in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He's still not backing down. He's fighting fear. He's fighting back. And that's what we're going to do today. There's five things I want to go over with you to fight your fear today, to step into your calling. And the first thing is this. You got to remember who's in your corner. You think about any great fighter, any great champion that's, that's like stepping into the boxing ring. They have a good corner. And you got to remember who is in your corner. A couple weeks ago, I'm driving in the car with my boys. We're going down to Santa Fe. I don't even know how we got onto this, but they wanted to know, Dad, how big's God? 
And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know. We're just kind of having this back and forth conversation. We're like, well, did you see that tree over there? That tree's really big. God made the trees. He's bigger than that. Oh, the mountains. Did God make those? Yeah, he made the mountains. He's bigger than that. Oh, the, the sun. Did, did he make the sun? He's bigger than that. Where, how big is God? I'm like, he created the sun, the moon, the stars, everything you see. He cre- and he's bigger. Like all those things he could hold us in. Like the, the trying to comprehend the bigness of God is incomprehensible, and that's the God who's in your corner. you got to recognize who's in your corner is the undefeated, undisputed, heavyweight champion of the world of eternity. He's with you, and he's for you. I don't know if you want to get excited about that, but that is who is in your corner. He doesn't lose. He's never lost. Even when it looks like all hope is gone, he's in your corner. Not fighting against you, but fighting with you and for you. And that is who is in your corner. David says, that's who is in my corner. And that's who you're talking smack about. And this battle is about, uh, it's a faith battle that we're fighting against. Jesus said it like this. He said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Now, if I could just rip out Scripture, that would be one of the top ones I'd just rip out. Say, why did you have to say that one, Jesus? Not just some. You're going to have many trials and sorrows. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. He doesn't stop there. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. That means who's in your corner? There's nothing that you're going to face that he hasn't overcome. There's nothing that you're up against that he has not already overcome. Some of you in here are waiting to praise God once you see victory in your life. But notice the order of the sequence and what happens here. David is praising God before the victory. And I wonder if your victory is waiting on your praise and worship. Before it even happens, I'm praising you, Jesus, in my life for what you're going to do in this. you got to see who's in your corner. As a pastor, I I love and care about you guys. We're all new here at Freedom Church. I'm getting to learn and know a lot of new faces. But every single week, I want to be in your corner encouraging you. Why? Because all of us, we've been living hell all week long. Some of us come in here, and it's been hard. Some of us in here, we got the toddlers and they don't know about daylight savings time that you're supposed to sleep in an extra hour. Amen. They're up. You got the dog that doesn't know and he's up early in the morning. And I want to give you hope. I want to be in your corner. And for some of you, you're like, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Mike, if you knew the, the stuff that I did last night, if you knew what is in my past, that, that I'm not good enough to do this, this thing for God. Let me just tell you, no, you're not good enough. Thanks for the encouragement. No, Christ in you. If you try to do it on your own strength, I I can't. You're right. You can't. Mike, I'm going to fail. Yes, you will fail. Mike, I don't don't know if I can do this. this. God is trying to prove something to you. That this is his battle. Every physical battle, every relational battle, every emotional battle that you are facing right now and will face underneath is a spiritual battle. And you need to understand that. And he's in your corner trying to show you this is not in your strength. 
If you're trying to do this battle in your strength, you have good reason to fear. Do it in his strength and you can. You are enough. You can't fail when God's on your side and you're obeying him. You are more than enough in Christ. You got to remember who's in your corner. You got to remember who's in your corner. Second thing, you, once you remember who's in your corner, you're, you're going to need, this is going to give you the vision you need. We need if we're going to fight fear, we need clear vision. There's a term in boxing called work the cut. And the idea is if the, if the, the boxer gets cut in the forehead or above the eyes, the, the opponent, what? He's just going to continue to hit it over and over and over and over again, hoping that that blood would just come over the eyes and cloud the vision because you can't fight what you can't see. And Satan, he, he does not want you to know what you're fighting against. He doesn't want you to see what you're up against in fighting. And so we need good, good vision. David continues on on this diss track. He says, this day, everybody say this day. This day. day. You never know which day is going to be this day that God shows up in your life and speaks. You never know which day is going to be this day that you break some generational curses that are going on in your life so your kids don't have to face those battles. You never know which day is going to be this day that that addiction that's been taunting you all of your life for the past decade or more is going to be the day that that you are broken free of those chains today. You never know which day is going to be this. I get fired up on this sort of stuff just on this day. Today could be this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. Look at this vision. I'll strike you down and cut off your head this very day. I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. The whole world will know. Did this come true? Two men fighting. It did. Believe me. The whole world has known about this fight. Think about this. One battle. Two guys. Thousands of years ago, what God has done through just one little spot on the planet on one day, the whole world knows. Imagine what God can do when you face your battles. That there's a God in Israel, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give it all into our hands. Some of us were fighting the right things. But we're kind of fighting them in the wrong way. This is the Lord's battle. Do you have any, can I have a, a, a married couple come up here on, on the stage? I want to do just a quick illustration. Can I have a, a married couple? I know some of you go, oh, I don't know. Can, it's safe. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. Do I have a, a married couple? Okay. Anybody? Okay, Jonathan and Laura, come on, come on up. You can, Let's come on up so we can get it on, on camera. You can come up the stairs if you want, or you can climb up uh, here. I'll have you guys come up. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. Let's give them a round of applause. Watch the chords as you guys come. We have Jonathan and, and Laura. How long have you guys been married? 15 years almost. Almost 15 years. Okay. Reed and I, we're almost 15 years. We're going to be hitting that in, in November. All right. I'm going to have you guys face each other as if you were doing the wedding vows where you guys got your hands together. So on wedding day, this is typically what it looks like. Look at them. They're going back to it right now. <laughs> They're like, cut the service off. Someone get the towel. Okay. Anyway, okay. Um, anyway, um, on wedding day, 
cut to the kiss. Cut, cut, yeah, <laughs> to cut to the kiss. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, okay, yeah, you may kiss your bride. Go ahead. Why not? Why not? Uh, all right, all right, all right. But now, but now, anyone who's been married for more than 15 minutes, go ahead and put your hands up like this. Like you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't take much to go from, go ahead, hold hands again, hold hands. It doesn't take much to go from there to there, right? And she, she's like, he never, he doesn't talk anymore. He doesn't, he's not talking. And then he's over here going, but she don't listen to me anymore. She don't understand, and they're, they're, they're facing each other. She's like, he works all the time. Work, work, work. And he's going over here saying, she spends too much money. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. Oh. <laughs> I could go on. Like, there's an infinite amount of things, right? And we're, we're facing each other and fighting. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. What if instead of facing each other, we start getting some real vision for what this is because Satan wants you two to divide and fight each other when God wants us to fight for one another. What if we, what if we face the same direction and we had the vision for what God wants and we say, I'm not fighting with her. This is a, there's a spiritual battle going on, and we're going to fight for. We're going to fight for our family. We're going to fight for our marriage. We're going to fight for our future. And yes, there will be fighting. Fighting is not a bad thing, but we understand what is going on behind the scenes. We have clear vision for what we want. Now I'm not fighting to win. I'm fighting to understand. I'm fighting for re restoration in this relationship. Guys, give them a round of applause. Thank you guys so much. See, we can focus on, our, uh, on faith or we can focus on our fear. David is focusing on something that is way beyond. He says, this is the Lord's battle. Now, I got a big question in this. If this is God's battle, whatever battle I'm facing, then why do I got this sling and stone in my hand? What? God, if this is your battle... Why don't you fight it? Because I'm about ready to get kicked here. What's going on? Why am I facing this? You got to understand there's a bigger picture of what's going on. And this is the faith aspect. This is the vision aspect. Goliath's name. If you break it down in the, in the Hebrew, Goliath's name, I, it's, um, I, I wrote it in, in letters, G-L-Y-T. Hebrew is, is different, and, and this is how it's actually written. The vowels are in, added just so we can kind of help see what it is. But each word kind of has a picture to it, and they all kind of work together. And so in, if you break his name down, the G stands for pride. Goliath is the epitome of pride in this. And you see that's part of his name. The L is shepherd, like a shepherd staff, or to teach. You would think of a shepherd who has a hook and a staff, and he's going to just kind of pull it and yank the sheep to kind of teach them and direct them on where to go. The, the Y is, is, is hand, which is also the Y is for Yahweh. If you, the original word for God is Yahweh, and it's that same letter, like the hand of God. And then the T of Goliath is a sign. So if you kind of put all these things together, let's go to the next slide. It's, it, Goliath's name is pride is taught a lesson at the hand of God as a sign. As a sign of what? It's a sign of God's greatness in your life. Why, why do I got this sling in my hand? 
David, the teenager, facing this giant warrior. This is an impossible situation. We serve a God who says, hey, look, I'm the God of the impossible. He loves to take situations that look impossible and say, this isn't about you. This is so the whole world will know that there's a God. This is so the whole, there's a mission greater than you, David. There's a mission greater than us in here saying this is about something bigger. When I say go serve in the kids area, I'm not like I want something from you. The vision is they're the next leaders 10, 20, 15 years that we get to invest in them. They're going to be leading the church. When I say you taking a next step of faith and freedom, there's something that God's doing in us. When you take that step of faith, this is so the whole world will know. If you take a next step of faith, you might be the thing that that ignites something in your family. When you do that, I do that. We start reaching Los Alamos. If we reach Los Alamos, guess what? We reach the lab. The lab goes all around the world. We have people coming back. Guess what? Los Alamos is a unique town, not because we're weird and different, but because we have a global reach in such a small community. you got to understand this is bigger. Us facing and fighting our fears means the whole world will know. Can you get that vision? Satan does not want you to see what you're up against. There's only 80 of us in this room. How can we reach the world? I don't know. No, God can do so much more than you can think or imagine. Remember who's in your corner. Fight with clear vision. And then we fight with playing to our strengths. Goliath, if he fights, if David fights Goliath hand to hand or close range, David's dead. But David has a sling. Now, in my research, these slings, it's not like, in like this little paper wad thing that you think about like in Sunday school. No, it's kind of more of this. These guys are like snipers. Like this is, maybe David wasn't as big of an underdog as we, we think he is. Maybe the, you know, rock, paper, scissors, a slinger, beats swordsmen. It's like taking a gun to a sword fight. And some of these guys, from what I read, they could hit targets from up to 100 yards away, be deadly accurate with these things. David played to his strengths. He's not going to fight him uh, hand-to-hand combat. That's what Goliath wants. And some of us, we're fighting the right battle, but we're fighting the wrong way. It says, as, as he approached the, Phil, the Philistine, moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line. He drew a battle line and said, I'm not going further. This is it. I'm getting some distance from here, and I'm going to attack this with an aerial shot. Reaching into his bag, he takes out the stone. He slings it. He struck the Philistine on the forehead. Boom, down. That's, that's the sound that I want to hear against the giants that I'm facing in my life. Boom, down. You know you have an aerial attack that you can use. It's something that we, we talk about a lot in church world, but we do not play to our strengths. You're fighting spiritual battles that you can't see. 
You're fighting, fighting spiritual battles that are kind of taking on, like I have the physical, but there's a spiritual battle. You know how you fight a, a spiritual battle? You pray. We, we are a praying church. Prayer is not a last resort, which is a lot of us, oh man, I tried everything. Could you just please pray for me? No, we pray first. The, the Bible says in Ephesians, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. It's unseen. The battle's taken on in heavenly places. I'm not there. I'm here. You fight those battles on your knees, praying to God, saying, I need your help. At the end of this service, we're going to have our prayer team back in the back corner And and we're going to offer, if you need prayer today, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength to say, I need some help, God. When I'm weak, then I am strong. Why? Because God's working on my behalf. This prayer team intercedes on your behalf to pray first. We get into God's word. You need to get into his word. You got lies coming at you left and right. You need to combat that with God's word. You fight these battles with your strengths and your strengths. Some of us, we're trying, well, I'll just do more. I'll work harder. I'll work more. I'll spend more. I'll go take a vacation because I need a rest. And I'm not against any of those things, but we leave out God in our battles when he's our strength. He's our direction. He's our shield. He's our fortress. He's our refuge. He's our savior. Like I could just go on. Fight them with your strengths. David fights with his strength with an aerial attack. And then, (laughs) every now and then, you just got to throw a haymaker. You got to just go for the jugular. He knocks Goliath down. And it says, David ran. He stood over him. And he took hold of the Philistines. Say this next word with me. He took hold of the Philistines' sword. He drew it, and after he killed him, he cut off his head. Sorry, Sunday school. This is kind of grotesque. He cut off his head with the Sometimes you've got to just go for the jugular. That if you want to, if you want to fight this battle, you want to fight this fear, and you really want to chop it off and conquer this thing, You're going to have to to face something that's grotesque, that's hard, and say, hold that thought. The weapon that the enemy used to try to destroy you, the weapon that the enemy was trying to use to kill you and take you out, hold that thought. Because I'm going to take that thing and that sword and I'm going to use it to kill this fear. So that thing in your life, I don't know what it is. That thing that's in your closet, that sin that you're like, nope, I'm going to take that one to the grave. I've messed up that addiction that's just taunting you and you're like, ah, I don't know. Or that abuse that's been in your life, that, that death that you, did, that you didn't ask for that came and now you're grieving, that diagnosis that came that you didn't want, that loss, that financial loss, or that job loss, the thing that the enemy 
was trying to put in your life to, to make you afraid, to keep you discouraged, to keep you from taking a next step forward and saying, I'm done, throw in the towel, white, raise the white flag, I'm out of here. You're saying, that's the thing that I'm going to use to conquer this fear. That pain will now be my purpose. That pain will now be my platform. And that's hard. That's grotesque. But that's the thing. David takes that around as a trophy now. To show how good God was in this battle. I hear Joseph all the way in Genesis saying, Hey, 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 brothers. What you meant for evil, when you left me in that pit to die, what you meant for evil, God intended for good. That's how good our God is. I hear Paul screaming all the way in Romans chapter 8, 28. He's saying, over here, over here, over here. I'll take all things, all things, and use them for the good of those who are called according to my purpose. There's purpose. Hold that thought. The weapon you tried to use against me, I'm going to take it and I'm going to go on offense with it. That's the stuff that will scare the enemy. That's the stuff that will slay giants. And when you do that, you change the world. When David does this, two men fighting one another, one army was cowering. Now they all go on the offense. You ignite other people when you take your next step of faith towards fear. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. And when the men of Israel and Judah surged towards in the shout and they pursued the Philistines, they went from fear for 40 days You've gone from fear for 40 years to now you're igniting the people around you because one man stood up and took a step of faith. One person led the way and said, I'm going in. This is a faith battle. God's got this. He, he faced his fear. I'm here and I'm ready. I'm here and I'm ready. Why are you here? It's an okay question. That, why, why did we come here today? There's a, there's a lot of different reasons. But I'm going to say deep down, for a lot of us, we want to see, God, is there something you want to do in me? And is there something you want to do through me? Because I believe there's a big God out there. How big's your God? And I'm facing something today, and I need to hear from you, God. I need to hear from you. I need some encouragement. I need to take a next step. But I also know it's bigger than just me because he wants to do something through me. Can you really do that, God? It only takes one to take that step of faith. When God wanted to rescue the nation of Israel, he called one man, Moses, and said, Hey, you're going to go. You're going to be the leader. You're going to go be the voice. When God wanted to feed 5,000, he saw a little boy who took a step of faith and said, I know it don't look like much in my hand, but I'll give you five loaves and two fish. And God says, that's perfect. I'm going to use that and I'll, I'll, I'll feed this whole crowd. When God wanted to feed a giant, he took a teenage boy named David 
who didn't even know he was going to fight that day and said, yeah, I'll do the impossible through you and the whole world will know. When God wanted to save the world and provide salvation, he sent one. He sent his one and only son to come and die on the cross. And when the enemy said, hey, he's up on a cross, they're mocking him. They're spitting on him. They whipped him. They beat him. Come down. If you're God, come on down. He dies. They throw him in a grave. They roll a stone over. It looks like everything's done. There's no hope in the situation anymore. We should just walk away. And that's when God says, hold that thought. The weapon that the enemy thought they were going to use to destroy him, that's the very thing that I'm using to bring salvation and forgiveness and love to this whole world. You can't stop God. And that's what I want you to see today. You approach your fears, and he's got something great for you on the other side. I'm ready. I'm here. Anybody, anybody ready? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we have the faith. I'm ready. I see you back there. I'm ready. Say, I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. God sent me to go take a step of faith. When you do that, Freedom Church, when you take your step, and I take my step, and we take our step. We'll change those Alamos. That'll ignite a fire. People are like, what's going on there? I want to be a part of that. When we reach Los Alamos, we reach the lab. When we reach the lab, we reach the world. We serve a good God, a big God. We can fight our fears. Let's stand together on this break. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a, a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.